only legitimate reason to study the past is the age-old political application of cause and effect, I think we're in trouble. In our quest to find meanings of the past, we just might overwhelm ourselves with all the theories on the broad historical significance of events. Serendipity has its place. History is filled with ironic twists and unintended outcomes. So then the story of this great experiment with freedom can't simply be told from the top down. To be understood, to be appreciated, to be of value, the story must be told from every conceivable angle. To be sure, we do hope to learn from our mistakes and to use our experiences as guides for future decision making. It's important that the French know which way the Germans are coming. America itself took the ominous path into Afghanistan following the Persians, the British, and the Russians. But the value of history manifests itself in many other ways. Just as the individual is constituted by his or her past, so is the community and the nation. Not only do we need to learn from political and economic lessons, we also need the past to build connections to each other and within ourselves. We need history to give us a sense of place. It gives us examples of character and virtues that help us lead our lives. The past struggles of men and women can show us how to live, and how not to live for that matter. History teaches us about people who live responsible, courageous, interesting, joyful lives. Of course, there are plenty of cheaters and scoundrels and buffoons to talk about also. In the unique case of America, a nation built upon the idea of individual freedom and equality, we're drawn to the stories of men and women who expressed, defended, or furthered the idea, for it defines us as individuals and connects us to our civilization. It's the pioneer finding his way through the wilderness, the musician finding his own sound, the woman sitting down when the world kept telling her to get up. Men and women of history are terribly flawed, but they have achieved extraordinary things. In understanding their stories, we can better understand ourselves and realize that each of us may well be capable of great and good achievements. We need to remember for the sake of remembering. Reading or hearing about someone with memory loss makes me shudder. A great fear I share with millions of aging Americans is the prospect of my body outliving my mind. It's terrifying. Amnesia leaves a person floating without any connection to anyone or anything. He lives on with a blank slate. No successes or failures, no relationships, no birthdays or Christmases. Nothing. Christopher Hitchens put me on to this. He, is, he was troubled by phrases such as make a new start or born again. Do those who talk this way truly wish the slate to be wiped, he asked. Hitchens went on to say that when we lose someone that is close to us, part of the grief lies in the loss of a person who knew us. Losing a loved one takes some of you with him. He knew your humor, your moods, your strengths and weaknesses, your fidelities and flaws. He's gone, and he took part of you. When we forget, when we lose a part of our past, we lose a part of ourselves. 
and so it is with nations. In our society today, we find the disturbing symptom of collective amnesia. The cost of marginalizing American history in our curriculum has played a part of the estrangement of history from our culture. This is no small event. Once we're separated from the ideas of the revolution, the core begins to erode and we're cut off from who we are. We're all products of everything that has happened to us up to this point. We are who we are because of, in spite of, and for the grace of our past. Along the strands of DNA, each of us has been shaped by our own personal, cultural, and national histories. Remembering is no easy road to travel. The price we pay is nearly as high as the cost of forgetting. I was reading about the ethnic cleansing that took place in the Balkans during the 1990s. Soldiers interviewed talked of visiting vengeance upon the grandchildren of those who had wronged their grandparents. personal sense of history cannot see themselves as a link in the chain. If a young woman really knew the story of Alice Paul, how could she not make the effort to vote? On the other hand, many other Americans are strangely insensitive to the rights of others because they too have been cut off from the narrative. When we do take time to learn, we're often guilty of taking historical events out of context skews our understanding of the events and the characters involved. We just drop into the story, making no effort to grasp the complexity or circumstances. History is at the core of an individual's identity. It is the glue of a friendship, a community, and ultimately a nation. We build what Robert Bella called communities of memory. The connections we make can also tie us to place. Creating a sense of belonging to a part of the natural world can give us an identity. As a native Floridian, where it seems that everyone is from somewhere else, ultimately, I've often witnessed among my neighbors a lack of sense of place. In Wallace Stegner's explanation of place, we discover another valuable role for history. The knowledge of place grows out of working investing, sacrificing, and of course telling the stories of those experiences, whether they be times of prosperity or catastrophe. Each individual must sweat and bleed for himself, but the stories now, they can draw him into something deeper. In Stegner, we're reminded of how deeply personal our history can be. World War II takes on a whole new meaning when one discovers her great-grandfather fought in it. The Great Depression becomes much more powerful when she finds out her grandparents lived through it. Still, education reform seems more focused on producing reliable employees than responsible citizens. In a democratic society, history has a great functional value to its citizens. This is Luther suggested to the church that it reach back to its roots. America would do well to reconnect with its founding. 
I believe that starts with how we teach American history. We need to teach more of it, especially the beginnings. The words of Jefferson and Payne are as new and fresh as the morning. Near the end of the movie Field of Dreams, James Earl Jones gives a stirring soliloquy. He describes America as a place that steam rolls over its past again and again. I concur, but the secret to finding the meaning and purpose of this republic can't be found in reinventing America, but in re rediscovering it. Let me repeat that. Purpose of this republic can't be found in reinventing America, but in rediscovering it. People without a personal sense of history cannot see themselves as a link in the chain. If a young woman really knew the story of Alice Paul, how could she not make the effort to vote? On the other hand, many other Americans are strangely insensitive to the rights of others because they too have been cut off from the narrative. When we do take time to learn, we're often guilty of taking historical events out of context, which skews our understanding of the events and the characters involved. We just drop into the story, making no effort to grasp the complexity or circumstances. History is at the core of an individual's identity. It is the glue of a friendship, a community, and ultimately a nation. We build what Robert Bella called communities of memory. The connections we make can also tie us to place. Creating a sense of belonging to a part of the natural world can give us an identity. As a native Floridian, where it seems that everyone is from somewhere else, I've often witnessed among my neighbors a lack of sense of place. In Wallace Stegner's explanation of place, we discover another valuable role for history. The knowledge of place grows out of working, investing, sacrificing, and of course telling the stories of those experiences, whether they be times of prosperity or catastrophe. Each individual must sweat and bleed for himself stories now, they can draw him into something deeper. In Stegner, we're reminded of how deeply personal our history can be. World War II takes on a whole new meaning when one discovers her great-grandfather fought in it. The Great Depression becomes much more powerful when she finds out her grandparents lived through it. Still, education reform seems more focused on producing reliable employees than responsible citizens. In a democratic society, history has a great functional value to its citizens. Just as Luther suggested to the church that it reach back to its roots, America would do well to reconnect with its founding. I believe that starts with how we teach American history. We need to teach more of it, especially the beginnings. The words of Jefferson and Payne are as new and fresh as the morning. Near the end of the movie Field of Dreams, James Earl Jones gives a stirring soliloquy. He describes America as a place that steam rolls over its past again and again. I concur, 
but the secret to finding the meaning and purpose of this republic can't be found in reinventing America, but in re- rediscovering it. Let me repeat that. The purpose of this republic can't be found in reinventing America, but in rediscovering it. Our founding fathers' quotes, so good for a couple hundred thousand votes. For those who visited Monticello once and admired all the quirks and stops. But there's more than gadgets up there on that hill. I heard a man of prominence declare it's a monument to human will. He's got plenty of ideas to which he never did lay claim. Even then, he'd gladly share, but you really can't discover or invent what's not already there. In the mystery of Jefferson, we find the mystery of America, waiting to be thought about and talked about. For in each of us, we find our hope and faith all tangled up and intertwined with doubt, giving us humility and strength to ponder things in depth and length. America may be more than the collective wisdom of the founders, but that's to say. That the house is more than the foundation. Sure, it's more, but it isn't less. It sure as hell isn't less. Learning about the characters of George Washington is just as valuable today as it was 150 years ago. It's difficult to decide what to leave in and what to leave out of a high school history course. We can argue over many items. Again, I don't want to leave anything out. But there can be no debate. Over whether we should teach Jefferson and Lincoln, there is a force afoot in our culture to eliminate anything considered remotely offensive or discomforting. We teach like we're walking on eggshells, so frightened to be provocative or controversial. We sanitize the material and smooth the edges to the point of making a useless product. As I said before, our history is riddled with flawed individuals, people like you and me, as Clay Travis said, struggling to be better than we are. The stories offer us hope and move us toward the better angels of our nature. If we remove everything that is offensive or upsetting, we are guilty of doing what totalitarian regimes do: cleansing history of all that conflicts with our agendas. Founding fathers' quotes, so good for a couple hundred thousand votes. For those who visited Monticello once and admired all the quirks and stops, but there's more than gadgets up there on that hill. I heard a man of prominence declare it's a monument to human will. He's got plenty of ideas to which he never did lay claim. Even then, he'd gladly share, but you really can't discover or invent what's not already there. In the mystery of Jefferson, we find the mystery of America, waiting to be thought about and talked about. For in each of us, we find our hope and faith all tangled up and intertwined with doubt, giving us humility and strength to ponder things in depth and length. America 
maybe more than the collective wisdom of the founders. But that's to say that the house is more than the foundation. Sure, it's more, but it isn't less. It sure as hell isn't less. Learning about the characters of George Washington is just as valuable today as it was 150 years ago. It's difficult to decide what to leave in and what to leave out of a high school history course. We can argue over many items. Again, I don't want to leave anything out. But there can be no debate over whether we should teach Jefferson and Lincoln. There is a force afoot in our culture to eliminate anything considered remotely offensive or discomforting. We teach like we're walking on eggshells, so frightened to be provocative or controversial. We sanitize the material and smooth the edges to the point of making a useless product. As I said before, our history is riddled with flawed individuals. People like you and me, as Clay Travis said, struggling to be better than we are. Stories offer us hope and move us toward the better angels of our nature. If we remove everything that is offensive or upsetting, we are guilty of doing what totalitarian regimes do, cleansing history of all that conflicts with our agendas.